My favorite word in any language is the word koinonia. Um, and it comes from, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a Greek word and it means intentional fellowship, right? This is the thing that we were called to in Acts chapter two, this intentional fellowship, intentional, meaning on purpose, like we, you go out of your way to do it. It's not just circumstantial, right? And fellowship, fellowship is not just a room at your church. Fellowship is not just something um, Christians do and they're eating, uh, you know, fried chicken, right? Like, like fellowship is two like-minded people doing something that they agree on together. Thanks for joining us for Exponential Next's first podcast series, Snapshots of Innovation. I am Carrie Williams, the Executive Director of Exponential Next, and I am so thankful that you're joining us for our very first series filled with engaging conversations that I believe will inspire you to innovate. I know they have done that for me. In this six-part series, John West, our Next Ventures Director, interviews an exclusive group of pioneers, pastors, and ministry leaders who are creatively innovating to make disciples, plant churches, and reach the lost. The 11 ministries featured in this series participated in our most recent Next Ventures annual Shark Tank event. I pray this series will spark creative ideas for your ministry context and provide encouragement for the new ways God is working in North America and beyond. My name is John West, and I serve as the director of Next Ventures, as well as the strategic director of a nonprofit called Mobilize the Church. And in every episode of this podcast, we're going to hear from one or two innovative ministries across North America that we believe are shaping the future of the church. Uh, But today, I want to begin our episode by just sharing a few thoughts on innovation. I want to share an incredible opportunity for you to take advantage of, and then we're going to dive into our first interview of this series and our time uh, together. But I just want to begin by saying that, you know, the world is rapidly changing. We feel it, we sense it, we know it. (laughs) Uh, I was doing a little research this last week and found that You know, 25 years ago, the global population was 5.9 billion people, and today it's 8.1. Just think about that for a minute. There are 2.2 billion more people living on planet Earth than 25 years ago. And 20 years ago, there was no such thing as Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, social media. 15 years ago is when the first iPhone came out. I think I read somewhere that now you know, 94% of people have a cell phone. Uh, and then even in the last decade, I mean, things just seem to be ramping up technologically. Uh, we've seen the rise of you know, augmented reality, self-driving cars, AI, everything's AI this and AI that, voice recognition, wearable technology, cloud computing, advancements in medicine. And yet at the same time, in those same 25 years, We have seen this incredible rise of people that are religiously unaffiliated. Uh, I read a a book recently kind of built on a study called The Great De-Churching, where 40 million people have stopped attending church in just the last 25 years. 15% of the adult population uh, used to attend church and no longer does. And I know there's a lot of factors with that, and we can't get into all of it because you know, it's, it's just a, a giant, complex thing. But, but I do want to say this. The harvest continues to remain ripe, but our harvesting methods have to change. And I don't think there's anyone out there that would say we can just keep doing things the same way and, and see different results. The harvesting methods have to change. Uh, I was reading a little while ago the book of Joshua, and uh, you know the story, I'm sure, but it's the story of the Israelites. They're getting ready to enter uncharted territory. They're admonished <clears throat> by their leaders as they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River to keep their eyes fixed on the Ark of the Covenant. I think Joshua 3, 4 says it really well. It says, if you do that, <clears throat> then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I love that. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. And today we are entering into this kind of, I know the word gets overused, right? But unprecedented time that we've really never been this way before. 
Uh, in many eras of, of church history, it's been somewhat cyclical, but today, you know, 22nd century, like we have, uh, 21st century, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, we've never been this way before. And, and every day is bringing a new reminder that we're entering into uncharted territory as a church. And the maps that guided us in the past, they're not working anymore. They're not relevant anymore. Uh, I was traveling not long ago to speak to an event in Ohio, and I typed in the destination in my you know Maps app, and I realized about halfway through that my app needed updated. I was driving on a road that wasn't on my app. <laughs> it wasn't even registered. So the same's true uh, today. You know, we need new map makers. We need new innovators. We need people that are designing the maps for the future. And that's all about innovation. But this word innovation, uh, it comes from the Latin novus or new. And God is an innovative God. You know, we read in Revelation 21.5 that this day is coming when the Bible says that he will make all things new. And, of course, we have the promise that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. And, yes, there are challenges facing the church, and, yes, the future will belong to those who innovate, but even more so it will belong to people that are able to listen to God's voice, the innovative God of the universe who created all things with his word, and then actively pursue God's dreams for a better tomorrow. So we need these spiritual pioneers that have one ear to the ground, one ear to the air, one ear to God, and they're saying, Lord, where do you want us to go next? Because we've never been this way before. And so our driving motivation at Next Ventures really is to discover, equip, and then accelerate the vital work these pioneer leaders are accomplishing for the future of the church. So before we start to kind of dive into a great interview to kick off our time, uh, I just want to introduce you, just take a minute or two, to what Next Ventures is really all about. And put simply, Next Ventures is designed to foster innovation by making a significant kingdom investment in ministry practitioners, not just good ideas, but people that are actually practicing their innovative ideas on the ground. And these are practitioners that are committed to shaping what's next for the future church. So the process goes something like this. First, we want to find a really strong group of what we call venture partners. And venture partners are churches, they're ministries that are passionate about the future of the church in North America. They're willing to provide small encouragement, kind of capital grants to stimulate some of these projects nationwide. Uh, These are leaders that are seasoned oftentimes. They understand the importance of paying it forward, and and they're trying to advance the next generation of pioneers, uh, people that are really changing paradigms, developing new models of ministry. So that's kind of step number one, finding venture partners that we can partner with that would say, hey, we will invest. If you can bring us the innovative ministries, if you can show us some of those tangible, actionable ministries in North America, we want a partner to get behind them. The second thing we do is we then identify and select pioneering leaders. These are ministry practitioners. We believe these ministries will shape elements of the future church. And like I've been saying, they're actionable, they're practical, you know, this is bigger than just, hey, I think we should plant a church on Mars someday. Like, <clears throat> now these are these are actually happening. <laughs> and, and we think historians are going to one day conclude, man, those were critical to the success of the church in North America. And so we take these venture partners and these pioneer leaders, kind of these emerging innovative leaders, and we connect them. That's the third step in an event we call uh, Shark Tank. And many of you, I'm sure, have seen Shark Tank on TV. It's kind of part of our culture now. But that Shark Tank experience helps these innovators pitch their ministries. Venture partners listen in on these pitches and get to know some of these pioneers and then champion next steps and ultimately accelerate their impact. And then finally... We host innovation labs to cross-pollinate ideas between partners and pioneers. We try to give national visibility to our projects, and we 
kind of aggregate published learnings from each project and major media outlets and podcasting like this, digital resourcing, things like that. And it's exciting to say that over the past three years, uh, Next Ventures kind of kicked off around 2020, but we've invested now nearly $750,000 in 50 plus innovative ministry projects and 15 networks. Uh, we've hosted five Shark Tank events, and our most recent event was in Raleigh, North Carolina, where we invited 11 ministries across North America to join us, had an absolutely incredible time hearing from them, learning from them, and over the next few episodes, you're going to hear from each of these ministries. You're going to hear about the innovations they've uncovered, and hopefully, through this series, you're going to learn a few transferable principles that you can use for your own context. So, uh, before we dive into our interview, let me just say this. If you have interest in becoming a venture partner, uh, we are looking for churches and ministries that want to give generously to the future of the church. Even though there's a few limited spots available, if you want a full explanation of what that looks like, partnership levels, all of the benefits you'll receive, check out the show notes. And of course, if you are a pioneer or if you're leading a new and innovative ministry, and you're in the launch phase, which we would say is three months to three years uh, since launch. If you want to apply for one of our Shark Tank events, be part of our kind of Next Ventures alumni. Uh, again, check out the notes for an application, and we will get you uh, connected to the right channels to take the next step. Okay, so with all of that, uh, let's dive into our first interview of this series. I think this is going to be a fantastic time. Bubba Stalkup, CEO, director, and founder of Love Thy Nerd and Nerd Culture Missionary. Uh, Bubba was also invited to our Shark Tank event in Raleigh, North Carolina in 2023. And uh, really looking forward to this conversation. So, Bubba, great to have you on the show. Hey, good to be here, John. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so we're going to get into <clears throat> Love Thy Nerd and reaching nerds and all kinds of things about nerd culture here in a minute. But start off by just giving us a quick snapshot of your family, your background in ministry, maybe where you call home, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I've got, uh, I've got a wife. We've been married for, ooh, I know the answer to this, 16 years, maybe. I think so. Um, and we've got four kids. We've got an 11-year-old, nine-year-old, uh, eight-year-old, and um, he'll be three. Our youngest will be three in January, a little COVID baby that we had. You know, so, once you have four kids, it starts just all running together, doesn't it? Yeah, and it would have been nice if if they would have been uh, either all in the same year or all on, you know, like every other year so that you didn't have to remember a whole lot of numbers. Uh, but kids never do anything you want them to do. And so you just got to roll with the punches, go with the flow. Uh, but they're great. Like my uh, my second, second youngest son, yeah, that's what I will say, uh, He's the fastest kid I've ever seen in my entire life. We've got this thing called the turkey trot. Um, and it's uh, usually that's like a like a, a like a marathon kind of a thing. You just run with your family around a, a track or something. Well, here in our town, it's it's a race broken down by, you know, different grade levels. And, you know, then the, the boys and the girls and stuff. And the last three years that he has run it, he's got he, he got first place, second place and then first place. And he absolutely dusted those kids in this last one. Wow. <laughs> it was it was go. gnarly. They <laughs> gave him an extra hundred yards, and he was worried that there was going to be a kid that in his class that was faster than him. Nice. And nice. and he was the kid was faster than him, but he didn't have the endurance that he had. And so, yeah, he's I, my my kids are great at a lot of things. My my oldest is a a, a big old Pokemon nerd. Um, my daughter is real artsy fartsy. She just loves, she's in drama right now and they're doing elf junior as a play that's actually going on starts tonight. Um, and then my youngest, uh, we're just trying to get him to go poo poo in a potty, man. Like he's just, everybody's got their thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got, so you're married, you got four kids and then where, where's home for you, man? Are you, where do you live? Right, right now it's, uh, central Texas. We live just outside of Austin in a little bitty old town called Marble Falls. 
Um, and actually our, our home is in another one called Granite Shoals, but the greater area is the Highland Lakes area. Uh, and it's, it's pretty beautiful. It yeah. is pretty beautiful, but I'll say this. Um, and I hope no Texans are listening to me when I travel outside of Texas to say Arkansas or the Carolinas or California, Florida, um, Oregon, name it a lot of States. I'm leaving a couple out. It's beautiful there too. <laughs> it's beautiful there too. <laughs> nice, seeing, nice. seeing trees and stuff like that is pretty cool. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I had a little stint in Dallas, so I've been to Austin a few times and been to the area around that. Uh, it is beautiful. Central Texas is, is amazing. Uh, so great, man. Well, it's good to have you. We're talking yeah. about Love Thy Nerd. I love the name of your ministry. Threw in a little King James there. <laughs> and yeah, a little did. retro vibe. <laughs> 16 <Yeah>. retro vibe. <clears throat> and the group of people God's called you to reach and really put on your heart. Uh, are described as nerds, right? So we need to start with the definition. Uh, what is a nerd? How do you describe a nerd? You know, what do you mm. mean by the word uh, nerd? Because uh, I think yeah. that might be a good way to start. What a what a fantastic question that we have we've tried to dodge as much as possible because <laughs> people have in their own minds they have their idea of what a nerd is. How is that different from what a geek is? Um, and why do we choose the words that we use? And so it really just kind of boils down to there were six of us that founded Love Thy Nerd. And our understanding or experience with the word nerd was always that it was like it was the four letter word, right? Like it was an insult. It was a diss and a dig. Uh, and we just kind of saw a shift in culture. Um, you know, in, in the eighties, we had, you know, the revenge of the nerds, right? Like those movies that had started to kind of crop up. And then you start like the eighties were a really interesting and special time for nerd culture, because that's really where it was, uh, maybe not where it was born, but definitely where it was given wings. And so even all of our stuff, like all of our, our marketing and, and our branding, um, it has a retro vibe to it that goes back to the eighties, the color scheme, the cyan to magenta. Um, a lot of the stuff that we, we use has like a VHS, you know, kind of glitchy transition on, on our visual stuff. Um, and all the, like most of the music is, is kind of that, that retro eighties vibe to it. And it's because it all goes back to that, that moment where we saw that dungeons and dragons started to really kind of see its rise. Um, we saw things like, the Terminator and time travel and science fiction kind of really start to really catch mainstream. Um, and, and then nerds started to kind of, you know, turn the corner, um, you know, short circuit was, was a thing at that time. It just, a lot of stuff started to really happen where um, the Steve jobs of the world were starting to take over the bill Gates were starting to take over. And so uh, this blur between nerd and geek um, usually comes uh, at the behest of whatever jock is saying it. Um, and so they'll just, they'll use whatever term that they want. Within our culture, um, a nerd is usually a smarter person and a geek is usually somebody who is a little bit more ingrained in the fandom. And so um, we just decided to kick the word geek kind of off to the side because I hate the word geek. I don't like the word the way it sounds geek. Yeah, geek. that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. And so like if I'm trying to make something cool, I'm going to go with the cooler of the two which is nerd. Yeah. And like nerd is just jarring enough to get somebody to engage in the conversation. And so yeah. yeah. What is or isn't? That's that's in the eye of the beholder, honestly. There you um, go. But we we decided to go with that one. It's funny because you're right. I think there was a time, and I'm a child of the 80s. I saw Revenge of the Nerds, you know, mm -hmm. I, I watched some of that stuff. And and there was a season where nerd was kind of a derogatory term in a way. You know, if you call someone a nerd, it was sort of like those kids over there in the corner that are, you know, just socially awkward and whatnot. Yeah. And it does feel like nerds become mainstream a bit. Like when you talk about a nerd, it's not derogatory anymore. In fact, it's, mm -hmm. it's almost embraced and like leaned into like, yeah, I'm a nerd and proud of it. You know? Uh, yeah. Um, most, most people probably work for a nerd. Nerds are your boss now. Like exactly. we, we nerds rule the world and geek is chic, man. Like we're, oh. we're at the top of the food chain in most of the places. And so, what we're trying to 
get people to understand, especially from a Christian standpoint, uh, there's not a lot of four letter words that we're allowed to say. Uh, this is one that is okay. So let's embrace it. You know, it's, it's when you call me a nerd, you're not, you may mean it in a derogatory manner. I don't receive that in a derogatory manner. Cause that's, that's me. That's who I am. That's my badge of honor. There you go. Well, that's good. And, you know, we talked a little bit uh, when we were at the shark tank event in, in Raleigh, like, you know, there's there's all these debates then within nerd culture, because uh, one of the questions you got asked was, you know, Marvel versus DC. <laughs> What's best, Marvel versus DC. I loved your answer. You're like, Marvel's got the cinematic universe going. DC, yeah. the storyline of the comic books. And it is cool when you get kind of under the hood into uh, nerd culture, gaming, comics, movies, all this kind of thing. Uh there's a lot of subcultures even underneath, right? And and within that. And so I would love for you to just share with us kind of a 30,000 foot, and we'll go a little deeper, but give sure. us your initial, like, what is Love Thy Nerd? What is the ministry all about? Uh, walk us through. Yeah, no problem. This is, this is the thing I love to talk about. It, when people ask me about Love Thy Nerd, they have just no idea what they're getting themselves into. Um, I talk about love that nerd more than almost anything in the world. And so our mission statement is specifically generic, right? Um, and it's this, we exist to be the love of Jesus to nerds and nerd culture. It is specifically vague um, in general so that we can do the things that God is calling us to do in the places that he's calling us to do it. And with nerd culture, it is constantly changing. So this is an iterative process right? Things are, they're in flux 24 seven and we don't need to have a one specific way that we do it. And so there are three things that we do and the way that we do those things uh, changes based on what's needed. And so the three things that we do is that we create thoughtful content. We've got a website, we've got uh, an entire podcast network with eight podcasts on there active currently. We've got a YouTube channel. We live stream on Twitch. Um, we recently just uh, wrote a review for The Shift, the Angel Studios um, new time travel movie, uh, and they they loved that review. They shared it all over the place. They used our quotes in their trailer, like all sorts of stuff. It was really cool for us to be a part of that. And the movie's great. You should go see the movie. Go see The Shift. Um, so we create thoughtful you content. Pronounce, pronounce that correctly, too. The Shift with, a, with an F. Yeah, we'll yeah. Yeah, there there are some words that you shouldn't say, right? Um, and uh, is, so we create thoughtful content to help people think more Christianly and critically about the content that they consume. Um, and the stuff on our website is not just Angel Studio stuff. Um, we've got articles on there about uh, The Witcher and World of Warcraft and Dungeons and Dragons and all sorts of stuff because we think that it's important to help people think Christianly and critically about that content as well. Um, not just stand out there and shake our finger, but to say, Hey, we know that you're watching this stuff. Um, how can, how can we think in a, in a more biblical way about these things, about the content that we're consuming? Um, and then we also have relational outreach. Um, that's a huge one, but at our core, love thy nerd is a mission sending and discipleship organization. And the mission sending part of that, is that we go to nerd culture events all over the world. Uh, some in the neck, of, in your neck of the woods in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, and and so we get to go to Gen Con with uh, 60 to 80,000 of our closest friends and hang out with just nerds that are there. They're paying money, buying tickets to see the latest board games. You guys can't see it, but behind me, I've got a, a shelf full of board games. These are just and, my and show I games. I have to interrupt you there because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not steeped in nerd culture like you are. So I don't understand always the, how big is this, you know, culture yeah. and, and whatnot, but, but I do live in Indianapolis and you mentioned Gen Con, mm -hmm. uh, the numbers, 70,000 people attended Gen Con. And I saw an article come out from the Indy star that said it was a $75 million boost to our economy locally. Oh yeah. Ascended. And and so you're going, man, this is a national, what, like tabletop gaming or something yeah. like that, you know, convention with 70,000 people. It's gnarly. Up. Like, it, John, we got to get you out to this next one just so you can see it and experience it, man. Just come out for a day. Yeah. Like, 
it's it's held at uh, the Indianapolis Con Convention Center that is right across, literally right across the street from Lucas Oil Stadium. This is my favorite thing to talk about because Lucas Oil Stadium is where the Indianapolis Colts play football. Football is like sweaty dudes tackling each other and throwing around, you know, uh, deceased pigs. And so like when you're at a football game, which I love football, don't get me wrong. Uh, like when you're at a football game, you're in the stands looking down at a, like a fraction of the people that are there playing a game. Everybody's watching those people play a game on the field. When you go to Gen Con, it's the entire convention center and then open play gaming is on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. And so it's the opposite. You go in there and you look in the stands, nobody's in the stands. Everybody, or like maybe a few people are sitting in the stands resting their legs, right? But everybody's on the field playing board games. They even have a square um, right in the, in the middle of it that they have, like, of course, the, the field is covered. It's uncovered so that the nerds can go down there and touch touch the, the field, which, if you think about that, is like football fans' dream is to get on the field to be able to touch the turf. And that they just have it open for nerds. Like, it's just, it's the Isn't most that, backwards. You know. <laughs> a great analogy too, because ironically, Lucas Oil seats about seventy to eighty thousand people. So you, oh, well, there you go. Have the jocks versus the nerds right across the street. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it might be worth it for for a jock to buy a ticket to Lucas Oil, uh, you know, to to Gen Con just to go on the field. You know. Yeah, and you know, you've hit the first two. We'll get to the third in a minute. But as you're yeah. sharing you know, talking about thoughtful content, doing reviews, things like that. I know our family, we go to, I think it's Common Sense Media or something. Yeah, Common Sense is great. That does a similar, you know, similar type of thing. Um, but on this second one, relational outreach, uh, there was a ministry back in the day. I I don't even know if they're still rolling today called Triple X Church. They used yeah, to reach, yeah. yeah, they used to reach like adult entertainment industry and all that kind of thing. And they also would come to a lot of conventions and try to be like a, a light, I would say in the darkness, right? Yeah. And, oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Then, yeah. When you think about relational outreach, what are some of the ways you're doing that? Like uh, conventions would be obviously a big one. Mm -hmm. Are there certain conventions you try to hit? Uh, what other relational outreach are you doing? Let's go a little yeah. deeper. That. Yeah, really quick, interesting tidbit, Triple uh, X Church, um, that the previous ministry that the six founders were a part of was called Game Church. And that was born out of a one to one idea from Triple X Church that instead of going to, um, you know, pornography shows, we would go to nerd culture events and gaming shows. And so it was the same thing. We would set up a booth hand out gamer Bibles. That was the gospel of John, you know, with nerd commentaries, button stickered lanyards, stuff like that. Uh, and try to meet people right there on the convention floor. And that's exactly what triple X church did with their, their con ministry, um, which you just have to be called to that period. End of story. Um, so um, we then moved from that, from game church to love thy nerd. And we changed, we changed the way that we did things. Uh, and so instead of just having a booth where people would come to us, what we do now with our relational outreach is we go to these shows, we go to these nerd culture events, same shows that we wouldn't, we would have gone to with, uh, with game church and we have been with game church, but now we don't have a booth. We're actually in other people's booths. We bring the most passionate and competent booth staff that they've ever had, um, people that know how to play their games, know how to sell stuff, know how to engage with people and make that moment the most fun anybody's ever had playing a board game. And that is partly our ministry to the people in the booth. And a really quick story from PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia that we just got back from. Um, it's always in the first or second week of December in, in Philadelphia. And we worked with a, a company called All Play. And they're one of the most like, crazy busy booths the whole time and they're not a small company at all um 50 to 60 volunteers um, and staff throughout the convention not a small booth and at the end of that because of the work that we were able to do in the booth by not proselytizing not trying to baptize people as they came through not asking them where they're at in their walk with with jesus but just by being the love of jesus to nerds and nerd culture by engaging in the things that they find 
joy and peace and acceptance in the the 50 owner of that company said i only want to work with love thy nerd mm. and it's not a christian company right like we, we try as best as we can to engage with non-christian companies because that's our ministry our ministry is to the people in the booth while we're on shift yeah. and when we see stuff like that it works and so that's that's kind of what we do and then afterwards we'll after your shift is over then we'll have our people go out into the convention space and find an area that they're interested in or that they're proficient in. And we tell them, hey, stay in your lane, go join a tournament. If you like Magic the Gathering, go join Magic the Gathering tournament. Lorcana is the new Disney card game that's really hot right now. Go go do that stuff. You like Warhammer, you like Dungeons and Dragons, whatever. Just like go and be in that space. And literally they're they're with that group until you know midnight 1 a.m whatever it is and that is where ministry happens then we start to see people come and hang out with those of us that are like parked at a table playing open games or whatever they'll start to come and find us and become part of our fold and hang out with our people and what's really crazy john is when it works right yeah. like everything's architectural but when we see people the next year or two years or in this case at this past show three years ago we saw somebody and yeah. they stopped us in the middle of the hall and they were like oh my gosh i love you guys i'm sorry i'm not active in discord or whatever but like i just wanted to let you know and then just opened up their entire story over the last three years with us nobody was asking for that but th those are the kind of relationships that we're building with people doing short-term missions with a long-term mission mindset yeah, that's great. And I, I appreciate that. Even the strategy of like, hey, we're going to connect with the booths and the different uh, organizations who are kind of the cultural influences in 100%. their sport. You know, if you can get to know that owner, that founder, that creative director at the booth, well, that then influences nerd culture. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things I think, you know, as followers of Christ, as disciples of Christ, you know, understanding that there are these cultural influences out there that are creating movies, creating comics, creating content, games. And, you know, when you have someone that's a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Christ doing that, like that just, it just bleeds down into the rest of the, the culture. So that's, that's awesome. So you got, you've got thoughtful content, relational outreach, and what's the third? Third is intentional community. Okay. And this is, if we're in, if we're in, you know, real life, right? We're we're shoulder to shoulder with you, uh, across the table playing games or video games or whatever, right? <clears throat> Having conversations. That's where, <clears throat> excuse me. That's where we're going to be talking with people, not just about the games that they're playing. Games are a medium. That's, I mean, you're gonna play the game. Everybody knows. That's why we're there. But what we want to do is we want to ask you questions like what you started this podcast with. Hey, you got a you got a family? Like, what do you call home? Like, what do you what do you do when you're not doing this? There, there is a game designer that I have a conversation with almost every single time I see him, and the it's wildly different every time, and I love it because I never know what the conversation is going to be about. But I can guarantee you that it will not be about one of his games, because they talk about their games all the time. The best conversations when I see people light up is when I go up to them and it's like, hey. How are you doing? There's a couple of guys that their houses have burned down. Um, you know, designers, developers, and distributors that their houses have burned down in the last year and a half. And so checking in on that. Hey, how are you guys doing? How's your home life? Man, I, I saw that your appendix ruptured. That sucks. Like, how are things going? They're going to talk to a million other people about their game. Yeah. But when you can identify the things that are actually happening in their life, that's intentional community. That's like, hey, I'm going out of my way to ask you something that is not just like, oh, it's on a banner right here. Of course, you want me to give you my money. Uh, my favorite word in any language is the word koinonia. Um, and it comes from, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a Greek word. And it means intentional fellowship, right? This is the thing that we were called to in Acts chapter 2, this intentional fellowship. Intentional, meaning on purpose. Like we, you go out of your way to do it. It's not just circumstantial, right? And fellowship, fellowship is not just a room at your church. Fellowship is not just something um, Christians do and they're eating, uh, you know, fried chicken, right? Like, like fellowship 
is two like-minded people doing something that they agree on together, right? That, that is such a wide variety of things. And so we can actually have fellowship outside of Jesus. As Christians, we have fellowship in Jesus. But people experience fellowship sometimes, you know, uh, exponentially, um, you know, if, if I can, you know, uh, do a pun there, exponentially more than the church does. Right. Outside of the church, they do. And so we just engage in those spaces. Um, and if it's, hey, convention's over, we have digital spaces where we do that as well. We have a Facebook. Yeah, what, are, what are some of those digital digital spaces, yeah. platforms? So there's there's all of the the usual suspects, right? There's Facebook, there's X, there is um, you know Instagram, TikTok, like that that kind of stuff, and those are varying levels of social media, right? Some are a lot more um, engaging, some are a lot more uh, passive, and so uh, we we cling to one very specifically, and that is Discord. Discord is, I mean, it was created for gamers. It was, uh, but during the pandemic, we saw that it had a larger rise in the corporate world. I don't know that it ever really hit its full potential in the corporate world. Um, I don't know that it was widely enough um, accepted. I think things like Teams, Microsoft Teams and Slack uh, kind of serve a, a better purpose. But I can tell you that for us, Discord is where we create, cultivate, um, and and just do whatever needs to be done with those relationships. We play games. Um, we have you know Dungeons and Dragons sessions that go on in there. We have uh, you know calls that we just hang out with people. We live stream our own games in there so people can come hang out with us. We just uh, you know a asynchronous chat so I can say something and then you can come back at three a.m. when you're awake and you can say something to me. Like those kinds of modes of communication are super important super important for us to be able to continue to love and serve people and stay active in their life rather than just being a rock that skips across the top of a pond relationally. Right. Right. So as you've been sharing and as I'm thinking even about the ministry and, and some of the descriptions you've given, you know, moving forward, I, I kind of see then <clears throat> love thy nerd as this growing army <laughs> of nerd missionaries. I mean, I'm not sure how mm -hmm. else to say it, but it's like yeah. this growing army of, of missionaries to nerd culture that you're creating and cultivating. And, you know, even recently you've, you've started this kind of gathering like a ministry summit, nerd culture summit, where you're pulling together then all of these, you know, missionaries to nerd culture and talking about just kind of talking shop, talking ministry, talking. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's kind of the next evolution is mm. going from a single organization to how can we be like a broker of this conversation across the country? So walk us through what that looks like. Man, Nerd Culture Ministry Summit, NCMS, uh, is the event. OK, that's the thing that we that we created this year. And it was born out of a thing called the Megazord Summit. And we could not continue to call it the Megazord Summit uh, because we don't like getting sued. It's not a thing <laughs> that we want to do often. And so, um, but when it was the Megazord Summit, it was just a bunch of Christian content creators that were coming together. And, you know, uh, Love Thy Nerd and Lux Digital Church came together and said, hey, let's let's do this thing and bring people together. And it was the brainchild of, um, you know, a, somebody who works for Plain Joe Studios, which is a thing that just creates experiences, right? Like everything speaks, like the things that you're doing, the stuff that people see speaks. And so Zach Miller of, of Plain Joe Studio was, he's like, hey, what if we did something? He contacted, uh, you know, Mark Lutz of Lux Digital and said, what do we, what, what can we do here? And then Mark contacted us. It was like, hey, how can we do this together? How can we partner in this? And so that was, that was great. And it kind of morphed um, with that idea. And then a thing that we had been doing with, with Love Thy Nerd that we called LTN Con, where we would have speakers come in and we would you know have our community come and play games. And it's a time to just like pretty insulary, right? Like where we could just like love and serve each other and bond and, and grow together. Um, and LTN Con did not work out in 2023. It just wasn't in the cards. We couldn't get it to work. Uh, and so we just was like, well, maybe that's not the thing. Maybe it's something else. And so then we looked into what nerd culture ministry summit might be. 
And it was everything I could never have imagined it to be. That's John, we had, we had seven countries represented. Seven countries represented it in my little, my little town that I live in here in Marble Falls. That's crazy. We had people from Australia come. People from Thailand, from Spain, from oh, was this a live? This was a live event. It was, it was in also, person. Yeah, in person event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, you know, we we live streamed it so anybody could come and watch it, and everything is available for for people to go and watch at ncmcollective.com. Um, but like, it's it was the thing that was born out of a desire that that we had to to share the knowledge that we had, to share the experience, to share the wisdom that we had. We feel like so often, um, I know that I'm, I'm guilty of this and I project this on other people because I see it on other people is so often we we become spiritual gluttons. We become religious gluttons where it's like, I go, I've been to church a thousand times. You know, I've, I, I, I go to all the things. Well, that, I mean, that's great, but what, like, what are we doing with it? And so we found that as we take people out on mission, we're constantly having to to like deprogram and reprogram a little bit to say, hey, the the way that you have seen evangelism done, uh, dude, it just does do, it does not work in this context. It's got to be different. Yeah. And so we use the conference, that summit, as a way to say, hey, let just come to this, and we'll train you <clears throat> not just on the love thy nerd way. But we brought in all sorts of Christian content creators. Um, we brought in uh, what, the creative director at Riot Games. That's League of Legends. It's like the number one game on the planet right now. He was at the summit talking about his testimony and why it is important for him to, why was it, it was important for him to follow God's calling in his life and not just do the things that he wanted to do. Yeah. And so, like, we you had know, a lot of I different voices. Oh, no, please. Think, yeah, I think on that point, like not knowing what to do and and how do we how do we reach you know nerds essentially i i just feel like broadly speaking it's a difficult question for the church and so there's a lot of brokenness there's a lot of baggage yeah quite honestly there's a lot of spiritual darkness in this community and a lack of trust uh with local churches because they haven't known how to i guess engage you know types of people and i think you're helping to shape like hey here is how we reach this group of people here are some things we're learning and this ministry summit is great for the people that attend but also i think for you and love thy nerd as a ministry you know broadly speaking i think there's probably a lot of people listening going i'm a nerd yeah. i love that kind of thing or man, my kids are, you know, my kids are steeped in some of this stuff, or I know a lot of friends and people that are, are nerds. Like, do you, do you do any kind of training or resourcing for people even outside of your um, specific ministry to like help them learn how to do that? If someone was listening and saying, Hey, I want to reach, you know, I want to go to Gen Con. I want to partner up with love thy nerd. What do I need to do Bubba to partner with your ministry? Cause I love what you're doing. Like, what, what would you say? I would say, let's do it. I mean, one of one of my major mantras, um, I think I started saying it in, in about, I don't know, sometime this summer in 2023, but I'm going to hold on to it because because I truly believe this is I don't need you to do Love Thy Nerd. I don't need people to wave our banner around and have all of our stuff and do all, I, what I need you to do is to love and serve your nerdy neighbors. Um, and so do they. They need you to love and serve them in the spaces where they are. And so... I mean, honestly, John, if if anybody is interested at all, go to our website, lovethynerd.com. Like it is a resource hub. If you go to lovethynerd.com slash resources, you'll see all of the, the compendiums that we've created for churches and for people that are seeking. Like, you know, why why does anime matter? Why is Dungeons and Dragons important? What's a Christian's view of those two things? Um, we, you know, we talk about a lot of things that nobody else is talking about. Like why... Why do furries matter? What is that culture all about? Um, we have some insights on that as well. And so, uh, and I also travel and speak, um, whether it is publicly or privately, honestly, if people want to be trained, we do that. It's it's important to us that people understand that nerd culture is, is new wine. And where there's new wine, there's old wineskins. 
And so what we like to do a lot as the church is we like to put that new wine in the old wineskins. Um, and that phrase is nowhere else except the Bible. That's where it comes from. And so we're talking specifically about ministry in that. Um, and a lot of times what we see is we see a church that'll be like, oh, okay, we could start a game night. It's like, well, I mean, you you could, who's going to run it? Oh, well, I mean, we could find somebody. It's like, it's already failed. It has already failed. Like wow. if you're not moving into these spaces with intentionality, with purpose, with strategy, right? With deliverables on the other side, um, then you're losing it. And nine times out of 10, John, the, the place that it gets caught up a lot is that pastors specifically um, need to be okay with these people that are in this particular ministry, yeah. maybe never, ever coming to your church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good word. And, uh, you know, as one that's, that's pastored planted churches, you know, tried to reach, you know, our particular communities, there are oftentimes different demographics that, you know, as a pastor or leader you say, I'm just not equipped to reach. I don't, I don't really know that culture, but a great word that you gave there was, you know, if you are leading a ministry or you are a pastor or leader, like identify and mobilize kind of your nerd culture missionaries. And Absolutely. it's like, and we'll put all this information in the show notes, but love thy nerd is a great hub and website to get resources and learn what are some next steps and maybe even to reach out to you and your organization to say, what do we need to do to get this started? Because this is, I mean, I, I don't know how to say it any other way. Like nerd culture is mainstream in many ways. Oh, I went to Barnes and Noble and an entire like hallway was designated to like, you know, anime and manga and nerd books and comics and, and graphic novels and all this kind of thing. So this is, this is yep. a big deal. And it's, and it's not going away. Like, that's the thing. I, I think that a lot of people are like, Oh, it's a fad. And I'm like, it's not like, um, I mean, it's, it's here to stay. It is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Um, video game, the video game industry pulls in more money than Hollywood does. Like it's, it's nuts. It's, it's absolutely nuts. And so, I mean, we are, you, you mentioned it just a second ago. The, the main goal is, of, of the summit is like, it was designed for ministry leaders to come and to be able to identify and activate the nerds in their space to do the good work of Jesus Christ in nerd culture. Yeah. Like, and you know all about that with church planning and, and the, I mean, the new movement that you're a part of and like all sorts of stuff, like it's, it's exciting, but you have to be willing to do something that nobody is doing in order to reach people that nobody's reaching. If you just do the same old, same old, you're going to miss the same old, same old. And so, yeah, this is different. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned that passage in Luke 5 about wine and wineskins. And what always stands out to me is that if you don't have new wineskins, then the new thing that God is wanting to do, it'll it'll break. It'll break the old skins. And not only that, you'll lose the wine. And lose I'm, the wine, I, man. That's the thing. Um, so God's doing something new uh, in, in this demographic. I'm, I'm super thankful for, for your ministry and, and how God's called you to this. And I think, honestly, through this conversation, God's maybe calling a lot of people right now to say, hey, how can you reach uh, nerd culture? Maybe you could be a missionary. Maybe you know someone that could be a missionary yeah. uh, to do this. And I'd just love for you, as we wrap up, to share with us um, maybe just some some future dreams and anything we can be praying for for you and and your ministry. Yeah, so um, we are we're in the process right now of starting a brand new venture within Love Thy Nerd, oh. uh, and it's something that we've never done before, but something that you could absolutely help us with specifically, John. <laughs> we we have just brought on a director of church planting um, to create micro and digital expressions of church within nerd culture that are not just uh, nerd friendly, but nerd centric, um, affinity based, uh, it really, what we're looking to do is, is not necessarily create brick and mortars, right? Not big budgets, multiple pastors, all that stuff, but very intentional small groups, a la Acts chapter two, right? What what did it look like when they were just starting? Um, and we're looking at a twofold process where we create 
is space where we engage in the the affinity that people have. What's the thing that they like to do? Where are they hanging out? You know, maybe it's a bar, maybe it's a game shop, maybe it's coffee shop, maybe it's book club at the library. Like we don't know what are the things. Let's go find the spaces. <clears throat> and then um, the second is creating intentional spaces in people's homes where people from the first space can come and engage um, in in spiritual space, rather than just making that first space both things. Um, right. We want we want people to to feel comfortable and to want to be a part of the things uh, that God is calling them into. Uh, and tricking somebody into a Bible study is not really what we're trying to do. <laughs> uh, not to say that spiritual conversations won't happen in that that first space, but so this next year, 2024, um, we've got a guy, his name is uh, you know Clinton, and he is coming on to help us. He has planted a nerd church before. And he was, he's like, Hey, do you guys do this? And we said, Nope, we do not. That's not in our wheelhouse. And he was like, well, that, that kind of sucks. Uh, Cause it's what I do. I was like, well, that now we're having a different conversation. Exactly, now, exactly. now we can look into that. Yeah. And so we're excited about that, but you know, a prayer would be great. And if anybody is interested in, you know, Hey, what does it look like to, to start, um, a, you know, a nerd centric church or, um, you know, we're, we're kind of juggling that word church. Do we use the word church? Do we find a different term for it? You know, because with it, it brings, you know, certain yeah. connotations for people inside and outside of, of the Christian faith. And so, but we're looking to just, you know, small groups, bodies of, of people to believers to, to get, engage in fellowship and new believers or, or non-believers to come and engage in those spaces. Um, and so it's, again, it, it's, it's not about being insular. It's not about us creating an echo chamber. It's how do we train people to go and do the good work of the gospel in the spaces that God calls them to. Amen. Amen. Well, man, our prayers are with you. I'm excited. Uh, when I first met you, just thought this is such an incredible ministry, huge opportunity. You said it. This this is not going away. This is a, a movement. I think especially as uh, we've seen digital streaming and smartphones and 24-7 access to media and all that. Yes, sir. Uh, we're moving into AI. We're moving into <laughs> all these new, you know, new forms of technology. And it's it's a delivery system for a lot of this culture. And I think uh, what you're doing to influence the influencers, to love nerds across the, the country and North America to pull this summit together. You're pioneering something new and, and our prayers are with you. So I appreciate your time, Bubba. Thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Exponential Next podcast. For more resources on the future of the church, visit exponential.org backslash next.